Well, well, well. I want to start by uh, just staying in the the worthy is your name. Can you continue to play those chords? Would that be okay? Um, ironically enough, the the message that I'm preaching tonight is about Him, about Jesus, um, about encountering Him and what happens when you encounter Him and and how it can how it can change your life. Um, so I just want to be really sensitive to the Lord. I want to be really sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It's so good to see some familiar faces. Um, people that I haven't seen in a while. And uh, it always feels like family whenever I come here. So I appreciate the, uh, the invitation. But I just... Um, when, when, we, when we have encounters with Jesus, it, it changes everything that we think we know. Um, and I'm gonna, I don't want to get ahead of myself for, for what I've written here, but um, I just I know that everything you need, He has. Everything you lack, you can find in Him. The peace, the healing, the joy, everything that you that you need. There's no situation that when he comes in on the scene that he can't fix. You feel like you're sinking, he can reach out and grab you. You're sick in your body, he can heal you. You need peace, he's got it. You're tormented by tormenting spirits, fear has gripped you, he can deliver you. That's who he is. And so I just want to... Uh, I just want to start by just continuing just to just to tell him who he is and how worthy he is and his his name how worthy his name is so if you would I know we've stood a lot and there's been a lot up and down but if you would just continue to to stand to your feet can we turn the keys up just a little bit Deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. Come on, Jesus. Oh, and you deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Come on, sing it out. Worthy is your name, Jesus. Oh, yeah, you deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Come on, sing it out. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Oh, yeah, worthy is your name your voice Jesus you deserve the praise worthy is your name come on open your mouth and sing worthy is your name Jesus 
Come on, come on. You deserve the praise, every voice. Worthy is your name. Come on, sing it out. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Jesus, you are so worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that when we have an encounter with you, that it changes and transforms everything that we thought we knew. We thank you, Jesus, that, that everything we lack, we can find in you. I thank you tonight, God, that people will enter into the fullness of Jesus and everything they have need of they will find in Him. The restlessness, the torment, God, the lack of peace, the distress, the sorrow, the heartache, and the pain, and all the trauma. Thank you right now, God, that tonight lives will be transformed by the power of your Son, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for encounters. Thank you, God, for dreams. Thank you, God, for visitations. Thank you, God, for just victory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You can have a seat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you're good now. Thank you for that. <clears throat> so what I want to do is uh, I want to kind of take us on a journey. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention and bring up some, some references in Scripture where we see people literally having encounters with Jesus. You know, throughout Jesus' ministry, what those encounters look like. And then I'm going to kind of transition into my own personal encounters. I believe that you will find yourself in that story, these stories that I'm going to share, these testimonies that I'm going to share. I believe you'll be, able to, you'll be able to find yourself in those testimonies. And then I'm going to just kind of close with what are some things that keep us from having an encounter with Jesus? Um, you know, in Scripture, you see where where there were instances where people, you know, could have had an encounter with Jesus, but yet they refused to do so, um, whether it be religion or politics, the leaven of Herod, the leaven of the Pharisees, things that separated them from having an encounter. So I, uh, I just want to start by, uh, by starting with encountering Jesus. And I've got a couple of scripture references. I'm going to start in Matthew. Most of what I'm going to be discussing is going to come out of Matthew. So uh, Matthew chapter 4, if you've got your Bibles or if you've got the big screen. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18. And I apologize for not having gotten you guys any scriptures. I just realized that. That's what happens when you're trying to get here. Matthew 4, uh, verse 18. What we see in this scripture here is we see Jesus. He's beginning to start his ministry. And so... He's looking for people that he can do ministry with, people that he can literally, you know, pass the baton to when, when, when the time comes. And so he's, he's walking here on the, on, the, on the, walking by the Sea of Galilee, verse 18, and Jesus 
walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately, say immediately with me, please. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Verse 21, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. Jesus loves families. Don't you see that? He's, he's grabbing brothers and daddies. And he's, you know, he's just, he's about the family business. He called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Say immediately again. You see Jesus building his ministry. He grabs these guys. He says, hey, guys, come and follow me. And they were prepared to walk away from everything. They were prepared to lay down their income, their livelihood, the, the family business. They were prepared to give it all away to follow a man whom they had just met. They didn't know, they didn't know anything about him. But he walks up to him and he says, follow me. It makes me wonder, what in the world did Peter and these guys see in Jesus? You know, was it the glory on him? Was it his hair? Was it his face? What is his eyes? Was it his voice? Did he just talk a certain way? But to be willing to sacrifice, give it all, lay it all down, say yes to follow a man that they had just met. What did Peter and the guys see in Jesus that made them leave everything to follow him? When you're within proximity to him, it will make you want to leave it all. When you get in his presence and you get in proximity, there's something about him that just makes you want to just lay everything else to the side. Matthew 9, 9, flipping over a couple of pages, another similar story. Jesus is in the marketplace and he's looking for some more disciples. And he's, it says here in verse 9, As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. Here again, another guy leaving his job. He was a, a CPA. Le left his job to go follow a man whom he had just met. What did he see in Jesus? What was it about Jesus, that encounter, face to face with Jesus, that made him say, I'm going to give it all away. I'm going to lay down my income. I'm going to change my profession, and I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Can you see him looking at you today and saying, follow me? I felt it so strong in worship. God, Jesus, when, he, when you get within proximity of Him and He looks you in the face, it forces you to make a decision. You have to choose. Follow me. And in worship, I felt it so strongly that God, Jesus, wants your yes. He wants your yes. To be willing to lay it all down. To be willing to lay your pride down. 
to be willing to lay your dignity down, to be willing to, to you know, cut off some relationships. You know, Matthew and the guys, they probably had relationships. They probably had friends. These guys weren't, you know, little kids. They probably had, had, uh, had some guys that they had been doing life with, you know. And they had to, you know, Jesus says, hey, follow me. And now their, their circle changes. God wants your yes. And when you give him your yes, you start doing things you couldn't do before. You start multiplying fish and loaves. You start walking on water. You do, you do things that you couldn't do in your own strength. Encountering Jesus changes everything. It changes your condition. It changes the diagnosis that the doctor may have gave you. It changes your behavior. It changes your perspective, the way you see things. It changes your identity. It changes your name. No longer will I call you Simon, but Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When you have an encounter with him, it changes everything. Look at the woman with the issue of blood. This woman had been bleeding for 12 years or something like that. She has an encounter with God. She has an encounter with Jesus. She, she went against culture. And what culture said was unacceptable. She was unclean. She wasn't supposed to be out in public. She wasn't supposed to be, you know, in the marketplace. But yet, she pushes through and she has an encounter with Jesus where she touches the hem of his garment and it changed everything. It changed her identity. At that point, she's no longer the woman with the issue of blood. It removed the stain. She had been bleeding for 12 years, something like that. It changed the stain, the stain on her garments that had been on her garments for the last 12 years. No longer is she reminded of her condition, her past, the stain. God, when you have an encounter with Him, he removes the stain. He removes the stain. The things that, that would try to remind you of this is your condition. This is who you are. You're this person. And it removes it all. You look at all the sick that were healed through an encounter with, with Jesus. You know, the, the, the guy that Jesus, he... he goes and he lays hands on his eyes and, you know, he's praying for his eyes. And then guy says, well, you know, what do you, Jesus said, what do you see? And then he says, well, I see men as trees. And he prays again. And then he, his eyes get healed. He spits in the mud in the other guy's eyes and heals that guy's eyes and the lame man, you know. I mean, you look at all, all through scripture, these encounters with, with Jesus, he's literally changing everything. He's changing their condition. He's changing their perspective. The demon possessed the demon-possessed, the people who, who would, were so tormented that they would cut themselves. 
They have an encounter with Jesus, and now all of a sudden their behavior is different. Completely changed in one encounter. He changes the name, Simon, to Peter. Changes, he gives us perspective, the blind being able to see. All throughout Scripture, you see these encounters, one after another, where Jesus is, is, is changing people's identity and, and their condition. All through encounter, having an encounter, having an encounter. How many are want, want an encounter with God? How many people tonight want an encounter with Jesus? I'm going to share a couple of testimonies and I believe that, that you will be able to, again, see yourself in these stories and, um, and find hope. You know, that's what testimony is all about. Testimony is all about being able to, to uh, get hope for your circumstance and the situation you're going through. And, 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 and it literally means do it again. So as I share, stir your hope. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Amen. Can everybody just smile real quick? Can we get a smile from everybody? Man, y'all are a hard crowd. <laughs> Maybe it's because Kyle's so intense. <laughs> I grew up the son of a Pentecostal pastor and evangelist. So I was, I've, I've been familiar with like the supernatural and, you know, charis, charismania, charismatics and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, having been in the church of God. I grew up in the church of God. Um, and I, I, you know, as a boy, having been in it my whole life, as a boy, you know, I was able to witness things and see things, and, and, um, but yet it was still kind of like that's, that's my parents or that's the grown-ups. That's a grown-up thing. But there is no junior Holy Spirit. There is no, there is no such thing as, you know, big church, little church, big God, little God, big Holy Spirit, junior Holy Spirit, you know, Holy Spirit's Holy Spirit. So when I was 11 years old, um, we went to a church to a, it was like a revival or camp meeting or whatever you would call it back in, back in that time at, at New Covenant over in Statesboro. And um, there was a guy from South Africa that they would bring in periodically named Norman Robertson. And uh, Norman... He said, I want, to, I want all the kids to come back to the back, and I want, to, I, want y'all, I want y'all to line up in lines, and I'm going to lay hands on you. And so, you know, I'm doing what the kids did. I'm getting, you know, getting in line, and I go walking back there, and we file in, in lines. And at that time, I may have already gone to the Brownsville Revival in Pensacola, Florida. Um, but we stood in lines, and as he's praying for these kids and teenagers, they begin to fall. You know, one by one by one. He may get one, get to one that was stubborn, and then he can move on to the next one, and then they fall, fall, fall. And I'm like, holy smokes, you know, what's going to happen whenever he gets to me? Because I'm just standing here scared to death. So I'm standing there, and, you know, we, we had to do like this, so I'm standing there like this. And when he touched me, my entire body went completely numb. There was no fake fall, courtesy fall, or him shove me down, you know. You can't stand up when you can't feel your body. When your whole body is numb, there's no, you can't push through it. I mean, it's, it's numb, head to toe. And, and the glory of the Lord just overwhelmed me. And so in that experience, 
it, it really brought the reality of God and the power of God. It brought revelation and truth to that in my own life and personally. Because at that point, you know, power forces a decision. Now you got to decide, is this real or is, is this not real? And so it kind of stuck with me. I, uh, I, I've never really been able to get away with anything. And so I would find myself like telling on myself or try to be bad and couldn't be bad. And, you know, I've always told people that God just kind of kept me on a short leash. I couldn't, I couldn't get away with anything. I, I stole a pair of jeans when I was in sixth grade, I stole a pair of jeans from uh, J.C. Penney's, and man, I was up all night trying to, my stomach was hurting so bad, and I ended up, it was, it was with a pastor's kid, by the way, um, me, and a, me, and a, me and a PK, me and a PK went and stole some jeans, some Arizona wide leg jeans from J.C. Penney's, but uh, I turned myself in the next day. I've just never been able to get away with anything, and so this encounter with God, it, it made it to where like, man, you know, I can't. I can't get away with nothing. And, and, and just the idea that God is real. This is real. This thing isn't just religion. It's not religion at this point for me. And so as I continue to you know, stay in the church and do the youth group thing and go to youth camps, go to Mission Fuge and, and do all the stuff, and um, I, I, just, I was still asking God to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, speaking in tongues, I wanted to speak in tongues. God, fill me with the Spirit. I want to speak in tongues. Fill me with the Spirit. And, and you know, I went through these, these services where, you know, people would, would come in and they would, you know, try to, they bring all, everybody up the front. If you want to feel, be filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues, come up to the front. And then you go up there and they put their hand on you and they're like, yeah, you just open your mouth. And I'm like, nothing, nothing. Just make some syllables. No, nothing. Nothing's happening. But then I was in the right place at the right time. And there was a man named Jonathan Ziegler that came to Statesboro Church of God. And he, uh, he did an altar call at the end of the service and, and grabbed me. He said, he, I was standing with my father, my stepmother, and me. And he grabbed me by both of my hands and he just began to prophesy over me. And he said, I don't know who this young man is, but there's a calling on his life. Sorry. I, um, 17 years old, dropped to the floor, face first. And my mouth was going, and I couldn't stop it. There, was, there wasn't anything that I could do in my own strength. I, I, when I came to, I came to hearing myself speak in tongues. And at that moment, God became even more real. Because He knew me. I knew Him and He knew me. He came into me and knew me. And I knew something about Him that I didn't know up to that point. And so, I, 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 again, 17 years old can't get away with nothing even more so because now I got Holy Spirit telling me to walk by and pick up the trash and you know I could I couldn't do anything I began to get even more hungry for God more hungry for encounter more hungry for 
for the supernatural. You know, you get the prophetic words and stuff like that. And so I'm, I'm like, okay, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And so I just, I started, uh, I started watching YouTube videos. Bill Johnson, 2010. And, um, and as I watched these videos and learned about healing, because healing isn't really taught in church, so I, I started learning about healing and words of knowledge and, and you know, that healing is for today and, and, and how to be aware of your body and be sensitive to the, to the Holy Spirit because He uses your, your senses to actually speak to you. He gives you senses so that you can discern what He's trying to say. He communicates with His kids through your senses, your sight, your, your touch. My ears have been on fire ever since I got here. Like just hot. And so as I, as I begin to get more and more sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying in different places, you know, whether it be Starbucks or, 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 um, or Belk. I worked at Belk when I was in college. Or even on campus, you know, just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I took risk. And I, I, uh, I met a girl... I was at Starbucks in the Russell Union on Georgia Southern campus. And I was sitting there one day, and, you know, I'm sitting there, and, and she's next to me, and I had my, I think I had my computer or something, I can't remember. But, um, you know, she was like, do, you, do I need to slide down so that you can plug in? I was like, no, that's no big deal. No, no problem. And then, um, and I was like, you know, started making small talk. It wasn't like I was trying to look for a way to give her a pamphlet. You know, I was, I was just trying to show love. And so I, I, uh, I said, I started saying, hey, where are you from? And she was like, well, I'm originally from Puerto Rico, but I moved up here from Orlando. And I was like, really? Well, I had just seen a video of this church in Puerto Rico that had like manifestations of jewels and gold dust and oil flowing out of the Bible and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I got to show this Puerto Rican girl this video. Because this, I mean, she, she may even know who these people are. She may even know like where this church is at. And so I pulled my phone out. And I, uh, I gave her my phone, and I'm like, here, watch this video right here. And um, as she's watching the video, my face gets flaming hot. Again, just trying to be sensitive. Okay, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? What's, what's going on with her face? You know, like torching hot, like my ears are right now. And, um, and so I'm like, okay, what is it? Maybe it's TMJ. Maybe she's got something going on in her mouth. Uh, I'm going to look like an idiot. If I try to say something to her, but okay, whatever. And, um, and so as she, after she finishes watching the video and hands me my phone back, I was like, you know, this is going to sound really weird. But is there something going on with your face? Like, is there something going on with your jaw? Because, and she was like, no, no, uh-uh. I said, are you sure? Because, like, my face is on fire. And, um, and she was like, well, I do get kind of stressed out with school, and, and I chewed the inside of my cheek. And I, and I got this sore in here, and I was like, hallelujah. That's it. That's it, God. And so I said, well, I'm going to tell you what. I said, let me show you this right here. You see, you see Matthew, and I literally pulled my Bible out. And I said, Matthew 10, Jesus commanded his disciples and as you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you receive, now freely give. And I said, I think that God wants to heal your face. And he showed me 
that, that you've got something going on because that's why my face is so hot. So can I pray for you? And she was like, yeah. Well, I had a friend of mine, and, uh, and so I said, I tell you what, Felicia, put your hand on her leg. I'm just going to sit here. And I said, right now, kingdom of God, invade her jaw in Jesus' name. That was it. That was it. That was all I said. And when, when I opened my eyes after that seven-second prayer, she had tears running down her face, and she said that her face, her cheek went completely numb on the inside, like ore gel. It went completely numb. Freaked her out. You know, she's, she's like, what the heck just happened to me? And I'm like, God, thank you for this encounter. That's what it's all about. It's about that encounter. Do you know that that girl has to live with that for the rest of her life? She has to live with the fact that she had an encounter with God in Starbucks at the Russell Union when she was in college at Georgia Southern. It's going to haunt her all of her life. I, um, prior to that, I had actually, I'd actually, you know, been reading the word and, and asking God even more, you know, Lord, for healing, God, give me, I just want to, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, 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 God could fill me with fire, fire. And, um, and I laid in bed one night and I was, I had this dream and at the time, me and my wife, we were living with my grandparents, and I, um, they, in, in the room where we were at, behind their house was like a shop that they had, uh, Papa had, you know, he was a pastor, because I was the son of a Pentecostal pastor, an evangelist, and the grandson of a Southern Baptist. <laughs> so, <laughs> needless to say, it always got escalated at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Once saved, always saved. And I was such a kid, so I don't even really remember it. But uh, Papa's study was in that shop. And so I, I'm in this dream. I'm in the shop, and I look at the door to Papa's study, and it was closed. And there was a, this, the brightest white light around the door. And in that moment, in that dream, the fear of the Lord just came on me. And it was... in. in some of you may not be, know what, like, what the, what the, what's the fear of the Lord? I don't even know what that is. It's like this holy, gripping reverence, oh my gosh. Like, what, there's an angel in there. Like, it was just this gripping fear that, that there was an angel in this room. And then as I, as I'm standing there with this awareness of there's an angel in this room, she, she then transitions to be like right here. In my face, and she hands me a water bottle. Uh, no, she hands me a pink stone. She grip, gives me a pink stone that was about the size of this water bottle. And, and I'm not one who like knows what stones represent and all this kinds of stuff. But I then wake up the next morning, and I'm like, God, what is it? What is it with this pink stone? And so I start Googling images, and I'm like, if I can see it, then I'll know what it is. I'll know what it represents. And so... I find a, a picture of the exact stone, the way it looked like in my dream, and it was thought, I'm not, I'm not advocating any sort of like meditation or anything like that, but in this article, it alluded to the fact that that stone is thought to possess healing properties. And so I was like, it's a gift of healing. This, you know, God's just given me this gift of healing. And so 
as I have this dream, I begin to move more and more and more in this healing vein with, you know, getting words of knowledge and, and, and you know, uh, people getting healed. People actually, you know, getting healed. You pray for them. Oh, I'm going to pray for you, brother. But then you pray for people and then they actually get healed. You know, stuff that should be happening. Well, we moved to Tennessee and while we were in Tennessee, I was working for an insurance company and this, uh, this, she was the recruiter for the insurance company that I worked for. But besides, besides that, you know, she was, um, she was in the office one day, we were standing there and as I'm standing there, I feel this sensation, kind of like if your hand were to go to sleep, I feel this sensation in the crown of my head and I'm like, okay, you know, like the girl with the jaw, okay, you know, maybe she got hit in the back of the head with a beer bottle. Maybe she got, maybe there's something going on in the crown of her head. Lord, I'm going to look like an idiot. I can't do it. <clears throat> you got to take the risk. You got to take the risk. Didn't say anything. The next day, I'm, I'm standing in the office again. Don't know why I was back at the office, but I ended up back in the office, and she was there again. And so as I'm standing there, again, same sensation, tingling in the crown of my head. It goes down the left side of my body, all the way down all the way down to about right here. And I'm like, okay, I got to say something. So I, I, I told her, I said, Sharice, can I, can I talk to you? Can we go in here to the office and, and talk? She was like, yeah, that's fine, yeah. So we go into the, go into the office, and I said, look, this is going to sound really weird. But I just had this feeling, is there something going on in the back of your head? Did you, like, get hit in the back of the head with, like, a beer bottle or something? And she was like, No but my ex-husband hit me in the back of the head with a baseball bat. And I was like, okay. Well, she was like, yeah, yeah, I actually, I actually have a scar. She grabs my hand, puts it in the crown of her head, and I could feel the scar in the crown of her head. And I said, I felt this feeling in the crown of my head. It was this tingling feeling. And, and I believe that God wants to heal whatever it is that you've got going on with that. I said, it actually started in the crown of my head and went down the left side of my body and got to about right here. And she said, yeah, he actually threw me out of the car one day when we were riding down the road. And, and, and literally, the left side of my body, she said, got like road rash or whatever uh, from, from the accident. And I said, well, you know, God wants to heal you. He reveals to heal. Ain't that right, Amy? Yes, it is. He reveals to heal. So I, I, I stood across the desk from her, and I said, Father, right now, Lord, I just thank you, Father, for Sharice. I thank you right now, God, for healing her. I command healing to, this, to the headaches right now, God, and, and that you would even remove the scar. Right now, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for healing her lungs. I crush shortness of breath and pain. And, and God, I just thank you right now, Lord, for just restoring everything that the enemy took from her right now in Jesus' name. Again, she's crying, and, and she was like, you know, how did you know about the cigarettes? How did you, know you know about the shortness of breath? I, I had to quit smoking because I can't really breathe. And, 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 and then the insurance company won't pay for my, for my medicine for the headaches, so I've got headaches every day. And, and how would you know all that? I was like, he knows you. He wants to have an encounter with you. He wants to transform you. He wants to, to change everything, remove the scar. She felt in the back of her head, scar was gone. 
scar was completely, freaked me out because I never, I never had that happen before. You know, that was a little bit more than, 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 than the numbness on the, on, the, on the cheek. But God, he gives us these encounters to transform our lives, to change us, to, to remove the scars, to remove the stains, to, to heal our body, to restore everything that was taken. That's what he does. That's what Jesus does. When you get into his presence, that's what he brings with him. He brings his kingdom with him. When you, when you get close to him, you enter into his kingdom. And sickness can't happen there. Sickness can't exist. Tormenting thoughts, paranoia, confusion. It can't exist. Anxiety and fear. It can't be in the same place. Get in his presence. Get in his presence. And that kind of brings me to, to some things that keep us from encountering. What keeps us from encountering Jesus? Priorities. Our priorities can keep us from having an encounter with God. When you look at Matthew 8, verse 21 and 22, it says that then another of his disciples, Jesus' disciples, said to Jesus, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own. Priorities. This guy was priority, could have, would have, kept him from encountering Jesus, having multiple encounters because of his priorities being out of line. What else can keep us? Pride. Pride can keep us from having an encounter. You look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees. These guys and their egos and their arrogance literally were kept from encountering Jesus could have had encounters, multiple encounters, but their pride and religion kept them from having an encounter with Jesus. Possessions. Our possessions can keep us from having an encounter with Jesus. Matthew chapter 19. Let's flip this over real quick. Verse 16 and 22. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter to this life, keep the commandments. So then the man said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, All these things I've kept from my youth, what do I still lack? So Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This man, his possessions kept him from having an encounter. His possessions possessed him. And they kept, it, they, they kept him, the possessions kept him from having encounters with Jesus. If he had been a disciple, he could have been there to see him multiply the fish and the loaves. He could have been there in the boat whenever they calmed the sea. He could have been there whenever Peter got out and walked on water. He could have seen all this stuff and had encounters, but yet his possessions owned him. Position. Our position can keep us from an encounter. 
When you look at the story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, you see Zacchaeus' position kept him from having an encounter with God. He, was, he had elevated himself. Is, what, is, what is your position? What is your posture? Is your posture keeping you from an encounter? Is your position keeping you from an encounter with God? So what do we do next? What do we do to, to have encounters with God? One, we press into Him, just like the woman with the issue of blood. We press in. Even when we feel like we're surrounded on all sides. Even when it's not popular. It's not cool. It's not, it's not what we're supposed to do. We press in. We pray. 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 On July 4th, I had a dream that I was speaking to my pastor and, and, and then our youth pastor, worship pastor, I was speaking with them and I was telling them that in this transition, this season that we're in right now, the church as a whole, that prayer was going to be pivotal, pivotable, piv pivotal. Prayer would be pivotal in bringing the shift to the church. Prayer, prayer, you got to pray. You got to pray. If you don't know how to pray, find somebody that does and listen. Get around them. You know? Position yourself in His presence. Well, how do I do that? Worship. Worship. Turn on worship. What are you listening to? You know, this may sound like it's, you know, not a popular message, or, or at this point, you know, so many people probably think that music doesn't really matter. Oh, it matters. It can change an atmosphere. It can change an atmosphere in your home. Surround yourself with worship. Surround yourself with godly friends. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, when you're in the marketplace that you can't have conversation with people that, you know, are, are, aren't godly or that, you know, don't believe in God or, or they don't live like you live or they don't believe what you believe. I'm just saying... Don't let ungodly people influence you. You know, you're supposed to influence. He's, he's put his kingdom in you so that you could go in the marketplace and you can make the marketplace look like his kingdom. Amen? Surrender everything to him. You got to give it all up. You got to surrender everything to him. You know, that's, that's one of the things that I appreciated about worship was that, that song, you know, your way is better, your way is better. That we're tearing down all our walls and our religion. And Earlier today, I was working at my house, and, and I actually, I was kind of pondering things in my heart to talk about tonight, and um, I really felt strongly to address the spirit of religion. The spirit of religion will separate you from encounter. If you want an encounter with Jesus, religion's got to go. That's man's kingdom. You, 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 can't, you, can't have, you can't have the kingdom of God and the nature of Jesus and have religion. Jesus actually warned that it would be the leaven of the Pharisees. You know, he warned disciples, 
you know, the leaven of Herod, leaven of the Pharisees. But religion will separate you from having those encounters. You got to figure it out. You know, God will take you things. You know how hard it is to explain how a, a scar disappears? Like, you can't explain that. How does a scar that was there is now gone? How do you explain that? Or a leg that was a, a, a half an inch shorter than the other one and it gr literally grows out in front of you. Or an arm that's like this and then it grows out into an arm. You can't explain that. Don't allow religion to separate you from an encounter with God. It can't, it can't be in the same place. I, um, I really just want to open this up to, to whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do with encounters, with people actually having encounters with God. People that, that are hungry to have an encounter and just minister as the Holy Spirit leads. I don't know what's the what's the the right way to you know dismiss or whatever, but but I just want to I just want to be uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I don't know who the little girl was that was sitting right here. That's your daughter, granddaughter. She has such a sweet spirit. I'm gonna tell you something. There is a there is just worship all over her. Like she will literally. She's going to, I don't know, I just heard the Lord say that she would touch other countries. Like that she would, she would be in multiple places and that God is going to use her in worship. And her worship, it's going to crush pride. It's going to like tear down, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. It was just so, so moving See that Jesus said, bring the little children unto me. She's got such a hunger for the things of God at such a young age. And it was just refreshing to see that. So just I bless her right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, for protecting this young girl. And I thank you right now, Lord, for that creative gift in her right now. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for just awakening even more creativity. God, in dance and, and in in worship, and music. God, I thank you right now, Lord, for just, Holy Spirit, that you would just minister to her. Thank you, Lord, for dreams. Thank you, Father, for dreams. Does she call you Nana? Mimi? I, I think she's going to bring dreams to you. And like, Mimi, I had this dream. I don't know if she's already doing that, but I, I feel like she's going she's gonna to bring more and more dreams to you and then here you are stewarding her dreams. So I just bless her right now in Jesus' name. What's her name? Kenley. Kenley. Father, thank you, Lord, for Kenley. Thank you, God, for just touching her right now and blessing her right now in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, we just thank you for, for just moving in this room. I thank you, Lord, right now, Father, for just moving in this room and touching lives, touching hearts, right now, God. Just begin to touch. Just begin to touch. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that, that it's, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that, that these, 
the, the things we see in the earthly realm and in the natural God, that these battles aren't fought with flesh and blood, but God, they're fought in the spirit. And so, Father, right now, Lord, I just thank you, Father, for just releasing angels to minister, Father, throughout this room and just be begin to bring nourishment. Thank you, Lord. This is a big risk. Can I pray for you with the mask? Yes, ma'am. Can I pray for you? <clears throat> I'm just going to put my hand on your shoulder, okay? Father, right now, Lord. I thank you, God, that she will taste and see that you are good. And, God, that you would give her bread right now, Father, that you would, you would bring living water to her right now, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for bread, bread, taste. That she would taste and see that you are good. Thank you, God. I literally saw God like bring you a loaf of bread. Thank you, Lord, for, for that bread. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the bread. You are the bread of life. And thank you, Lord, right now, God, that she will taste you and see that you are good and that you are better than anything else that she's ever tasted. Thank you, Lord, for just giving her a hunger. Giving her a hunger, Lord. A hunger right now, Jesus. And thank you, Father, for the abundance of your light. God, that you would bring your light into her room right now, God, and that you would cast out all the darkness. God, that you would fill her with light. You would fill her eye gate with light. God, that you would fill every gate with your light. And that the darkness would flee. Right now, Lord. Right now, Lord. And I bind scoliosis. And any curvature of the spine. And any spinal condition. And any pain in the back right now. I bind it in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, for healing her body. God, that you would align her hips. You would align her knees. You would align her legs. And God, that she would be able to function. God, that you would give her feeling. God, that you would give her, her uh, God, relief joint in the joints, God. That you would just bring healing to her hips and in her joints right now, Holy Spirit. Come and touch her. And I curse every headache. I curse every migraine right now in Jesus' name. And God, that she would be able to open her eyes and look into the light. And she wouldn't have to stay in the dark because her head hurts. I bind that in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healing her sinuses right now. Come, Holy Spirit, and bring your touch. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for healing my man right here from trauma. Thank you, God, for just healing all the trauma.
thank you right now, Holy Spirit, for touching him right now, God, in every place in his mind, every place right now, God, that you would touch him and that you would deliver him from trauma. God, that you would, you would reverse the curse. God, that you would reverse every traumatic experience, God. Everything that happened mentally, God, that you would reverse it right now. In Jesus' name, God, and you would bring, you would bring a, a, a restoration, Lord, to his mental acuity and his faculties, God. That he would be able to focus, God, that he would be able to see, God, that he would be able to read. God, that he would be able to comprehend. And I just speak to his digestive system. God, that his digestive system would function at full capacity. Right now, Lord, that his body would process food. Right now, Lord. Right now, Holy Spirit. Right now, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for healing his shoulder blades. And I just come against any scapula bursitis and any subscapula conditions, God. Any detached scapula or any connective tissues in the shoulders. God, I thank you right now, Lord, for just healing everything that was broken from the fall. God, from the, from the explosion, from, from all of it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for just touching his plantar fashion, his feet. God, he, he wanted to run and he felt like he couldn't run because he's got this fasciitis, this plantar fasciitis. Lord, I thank you, Father, for just healing the arches of his feet right now, Lord. for fathering him I break off that orphan spirit I break off that fatherlessness I break it off I thank you Lord for the spirit of adoption God that he would look to you and call you Abba Father and God that you would look at him and call him beloved son you would put a ring on his finger God you would put a robe on his back and God that you would prepare a place for him at the table Lord to eat and to feast that he would go from famine to feast right now, Lord. Where there's been famine and there's been, been lack of nourishment, God, that you would just prepare that table. And God, that he would feast and he would taste and see that you are a good father in spite of any decision he's ever made. God, that you always welcome him to the house. You tell him to come inside. You kill the fatted calf. And you pull the chair out for him and you tell him to sit down, son. Sit down and eat. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for demonstrating your love and kindness to this man. Right now. In Jesus' name. He's so good. Oh, he's so good. wants you to taste. He wants you to see. He's literally putting loaves of bread in your hands. He's literally giving you daily bread. He's giving you bread. And His manna and His bread 
it sustains you more than any type of food, more than any book, more than anything that you can possibly imagine. His bread fills every void. So Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your bread. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for touching us tonight. Neuropathy. Who has neuropathy? <clears throat> come, 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 come. This isn't about me. This isn't about me. He's just such a good father. <laughs> father, I just thank you right now, Lord, for just healing her from neuropathy right now and sciatica. Sciatica, be gone in Jesus' name. And Father, restore the sensation in her feet. Blessed are the feet of those that bring the good news. Thank you, God, for blessing our feet tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for blessing every part of her ankle and that the nerves would come alive. I prophesy to these nerves and I command them to come alive right now in Yeshua's name. In Yeshua's name. Right now, God, that the hips would be healed. Right now, in Jesus' name, God, and every pinched nerve would be crushed. Right now, Lord. Right now, Lord. I speak to this spine and all the vertebra. And I thank you right now, Lord, that you, would, you, you take the bulging disc and you fix it. God, you take the compressed disc and you fix it. God, that you literally grow her neck and her back and you restore length to her body. Right now, Father. Right now, Lord. Thank you, Father, that tonight we taste and we see that you are more than good. You are more than good. I thank you right now, Lord, for creating the function in the pancreas. God, I come against any sort of insulin dependency and any sort of pre-diabetes. I thank you right now, God, for healing the pancreas and bringing regulation and restoration to her body in this endocrine system. I thank you right now, Lord, for the total work. God, the total work. Lord, the total work. When you make things new, you make them better than they were in their original form. And I thank you right now, God, that she feels better than new right now, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. means 
but I see you like sticking your tongue out. Like, I don't know, is it, if, if there's a condition like where the, the tongue can only go so far or it's, it's something in the tongue, the, the taste. I just thank you right now, Lord, that she would be able to, that, that she would be able to taste everything. God, right now, Lord, I thank you, Father, for just healing her throat and her, her mouth and everything in her mouth. And God, that out of her mouth will come words of life. Words of life. Right now, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for peace. Thank you, Father, for peace. You're good, Lord. Yes, amen. Right now, I just bind neuropathy. In Jesus' name. And I thank you, Holy Spirit for healing this leg and this hip and the pinched nerve and the sciatica is the same thing. The, the, I just thank you right now, God. I thank you right now, God, that you would restore, you would restore the sensation in her feet and the restless leg syndrome and the restlessness, God, that you would bring her feet into rest right now, Lord. God, where they tingle when she lays in bed and she can't even, like, the, just the tingling won't go away and it's just this restlessness in her legs. I thank you right now, Father, for, for just healing, healing her hips and her back and, and the nerves, God. God, the synapses and the firings, Lord, that everything would be done in perfect union. God, that it would function at 100% right now, Lord. And I bind vertigo. I bind ear ringing. And the, any, anything in the ear, God, the inner ear, the nerve in the ear right now, Father. I thank you, Lord, for healing that nerve right now in Yeshua's name. I thank you, Jesus, that you look in her ear and you say, yep, it's done. I thank you right now, God, for healing her ears, and the inner ear right now, Father. The dizzy spells, no more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Neuropathy. Yes. Right now, God, I just thank you, Lord, for healing my brother's leg. Right now, Lord. Was there trauma? Was there a, a, an accident or something? Like a something that brought it on? No, no. Diabetes. Well, thank you, Lord, for crushing diabetes. I speak to this pancreas I command function and God that all the levels the blood levels all the cholesterol and all the stuff all the blood work God that everything Lord would be normal God that you would you would you would be sufficient that there would be no deficiencies but only sufficiency God in every vitamin and all the stuff right now Lord Thank you, Father. And I just, I just speak to his eyes, Lord, to come against any vision, any nearsightedness, any vision, lack of vision, or dysfunction in his vision. Right now, Father, I thank you, Lord, for healing, healing his eyes right now Holy Spirit speak Holy Spirit 
pray right now, God, that you would take this man deeper than he's ever been. I pray right now, God, that he would dive into the deep things of God. God, that he would search and dig and literally dive into the deep. Thank you, God, that he goes from the shallow end to the deep end. God, that you take him to the deep things. Thank you, Father, for taking him deeper. God, that, that the places where his, he's even, he's, there's some discomfort in that. In, in, in not being able to touch the bottom. I thank you, Lord, right now, Father, that you take him into the deep. And you let him know that you're there with him in the deep. And you'll never leave him nor forsake him. Right now, Holy Spirit, come and touch him. Right now, oh God. Fire. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is this okay? Yes, Lord. You're so worthy, Jesus. Anxiety, anxiety will make you feel like you can't breathe. And on more than one occasion tonight, and even on the way up here, I was I heard or saw the word breathe. And God wants to bring the breath of life in, into you, into your lungs, like the same breath that He brought, He breathed on Adam, where He took something that was, you know not alive and brought it to life and if that's you I just want you to stand to your feet if you feel like like you have you can't breathe you feel like you need God just to breathe on you and just put his breath of life in your lungs if you have asthma if that, that they may look like asthma or COPD or, or, or you know something in the lungs I just want to invite you right now just to stand wherever you're at and that God literally wants to bring you to life. Bring, bring those things in you, God, that, that those places that you just feel like death. You feel hopeless. And God wants to just say, breathe. So right now, Lord, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for every person that's standing across this room. That you would breathe the breath of life into their lungs right now, God. That they would breathe you in. That you would fill their body. You would fill their imaginations. God, that you would bring them out of death and into life with the breath of life. Thank you, Lord, for bringing life into their mortal body. Bringing life into their spirit. Bringing life into their lungs. Right now, I curse asthma and any reactive airway condition. I curse COPD and any bronchial dysfunction. I thank you right now, Lord, that you would just go into the lungs, the respiratory system of every person in this place. And God, that you would just bring order where there's disorder. You would bring function 
where there's dysfunction. And I thank you right now, Lord, for just bringing the dead thing to life. God, the thing that needs to be alive, the thing that you created in them that has died, God, that you say, come alive, and you breathe into them. I thank you right now, Lord, for doing it right now in Jesus' name. I just hear even people saying, my body's fine, but my finances. And I'm not this finance guy, okay? I'm not the guy that's like, you know, hey, let's, this, this prosperity thing. But I just literally heard, it's like I could hear people saying, uh, you know, I ain't sick, but my wallet is. I need, I need God to, to meet a need. I thank you right now, Lord, that where the money is being held in possession by someone else, God, that you would open their hand and you would release the finances right now, God. Thank you, Father, for releasing. Thank you, Lord, just like the little boy with the fish and loaves. You know, the people, the multitude, they weren't sick in their body, but they were starving to death. And you took the loaves and the fish out of the boy's hands and you put it in everybody's bellies. So, Father, I thank you right now, Father, for just taking the finances out of the hands of the people where they're at and you would release it into your children's hands right now, God, and that it wouldn't fall to the ground. It wouldn't go into a bag full of holes. I thank you right now, Lord, for just meeting every financial need, every financial obligation right now, God. Thank you for your faithfulness in our finances. Right now, Holy Spirit, you're worthy. You're so good. You're so good. Come on, can we just tell him that he's good? Hallelujah. I hope, I hope that, that that ministered to you. Um, you know, I, uh, I just want to be used of God. And I, I hope that that's everybody's prayer, you know, just to be used of God. Be available. Give Him your yes. Invite Him into encounters. Invite, you know, just ask the Lord to bring you into encounters. Having encounters and, and, and position yourself to have encounters. You know, it's, it's like if I were, if my wife were in Statesboro and I were here, I wouldn't have an encounter with her because I'm here and she's there. But if I position myself to have an encounter with her by getting into Statesboro, then I'll have an encounter. Position yourself to have encounters. Don't let your possessions own you. Give them to the Lord and just allow Him to use you. Give Him your yes. He'll, he'll then make you an encounter for somebody. Amen. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you all for allowing me to speak. Amen. Can we praise God one more time for what's been going on tonight? I want to close with this, um, something from his, uh, his message tonight from Matthew 10. <clears throat> Because I, I, I see now why or how the Lord worked this. Because I believe this was very strategic for this house. Did, do y'all see it? Well, in case y'all don't, Matthew 10. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. Um, and as you go preach this message, heaven's kingdom realm is accessible and close enough to touch. 
you must continually bring healing to lepers, to those who are sick, and make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people. Raise the dead back to life. Freely you've received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. He kept talking about, he, uh, CJ kept talking about how he was seeing everyone getting bread. Well, freely you've received it. So it's time for this church to step up and freely do what? Give it. We, we've been in, we started the series Days of Elijah last week. I'm convinced everyone talks about how hard it is to minister in Savannah. And I, when I say Savannah, I mean this whole region. I'm convinced the reason it's so hard is because I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb saying this. On the whole, people have not seen the power and presence of God. So they have set up their own altars of what the days of Elijah called Baal. And they don't see it and they're not seeing any power in what they set up. And what's going to cause an outpouring of revival where people run back to him is when they actually see the power and presence of God. And it's going to happen when we start freely giving what we have received. So I'm going to echo what this man of God said tonight. Go give it. And it starts with an encounter. Amen. Lord, we thank you for everything you've done tonight. We thank you for the word that you brought through CJ. Pray that you bless him, bless his family, bless his church home, Lord. And I pray that as we go out tonight, we become people who freely give all that you've given to us. Pete, we don't deserve it, but you give it to us anyways. So, Lord, we praise you. We glorify you. We honor you. We love you. So in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen.